0: from days to years. I'm your host Angie Lee and we're at HCA in Brandon and we're talking to Dr. Cooper today who is an OBGYN and we're so excited for you to be here. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah thank you so (laughs) much for having
1: me. I'm excited to be here. And
0: Dr. Cooper is going to give um answer some questions for us about being an OBGYN and she's talking on behalf of herself not of the hospital not of HCA and just her experience as being a doctor. Okay. All right. With that being said, like, how did you decide to be an OB-GYN? Like, what was your inspiration?
1: Well, I actually always wanted to be an OBGYN. gyn okay. um, I think a lot of people, their story is they decide they want to go to medical school, they go through their rotations, and we see all of the different specialties, and it's kind of hard for them to choose, but in my case, I actually went to medical school to be an OBGYN. gyn okay. um, When I was in undergrad, at first I thought I wanted to do something completely different, like math or physics or... I- I'm sorry. <laughs> I honestly don't even really know what I wanted to do. But um, in my biology class, I remember learning about mitosis and meiosis. And I was just so amazed that we could form a whole human being just out of cells, that it would just grow into a person with a soul that was living and breathing. And I thought that was amazing. Um, so I reached out to a local OBGYN to see if I could shadow him. Mm-hmm. And he said, OK. And I was kind of hooked from there. So it was really the obstetric standpoint, seeing new life and wanting to be a part of that for a long time to come
0: that is awesome because one of the things um, I was talking to Laura about and she said that you get to celebrate birthdays every day like I never thought of an OBGYN as how did you come up with that I get to celebrate birthdays every day like
1: I don't know I feel like I just said it one time and it's become my catchphrase I'm always like we're here to have birthday parties and I get to be a part of them every day and it's just exciting
0: that is awesome (laughs) that's awesome so
1: if you want to be an OBGYN this is the path to
0: take you it get to is. celebrate birthday so think about that girls when you're at home
1: exactly what better thing to do every day <laughs>
0: what better thing to do so one of the things we wanted to talk about you know this month is all about pink um i had a friend on an earlier episode we talked about breast cancer and she now has stage four breast cancer mm-hmm. um which is sad yeah. um so things that women need to get done are mammograms now i will be honest with you i have not had one i am well over 40 <laughs> And I need to get them. Mm -hmm. So how often should we be getting those? When should we
1: start getting them? So mammograms are a great screening tool. I will say breast cancer is a pretty common cancer in women. But the good news is that with early detection, the five-year survival rate is 90%, which is really great for a cancer. Um, As far as mammograms, we typically start around age 40. So you should go. (laughs) And we recommend (laughs) screening every one to two years, depending on risk factors.
0: And then, so you go in now. Again, I've never had one. So how does this work? Like, because they say you should do them in the shower. So if I'm mm-hmm. in the shower and I just like, how does it, how do you do one? I know I look very awkward, but do you like <laughs> flat hand and just kind of so, push your boob in? <laughs> for, like a
1: self-breast exam. Yes, we'll do talk about yes. that one and then going back to the actual one. Okay, so self-breast <laughs> exams are really just you feeling for anything that feels out of the ordinary. Okay. So. One important thing to remember is that we have breast tissue all the way into our armpit. Yeah, I have a lot of
0: that. It came after the baby.
1: All of a sudden, I'm like a little flabby there. Yep. So (laughs) you can even get breast cancer and little lumps all the way into your armpit. Really? So typically, we start around the nipple and we go kind of in a circle going out, feeling for anything unusual. And Mm -hmm. then you feel all the way into your armpit on both sides. It's very Mm -hmm. personal. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And so that's something we do at the our doctor's office or an OBGYN when you come for your annual visit. But really it's more important for you to be doing it on your own because you know, what feels normal to you. But, but in the shower, so you put your arm up or you put it mm-hmm. out or you put it behind it your back. It doesn't really matter how okay. you do it. To be honest, you okay. really just want to feel for anything that's new or different. Okay. And you know, some women have lumps and bumps and kind of fibrocystic tissue, yeah. we call it. And if you have that, that's fine. Really. You're just feeling for something that's different to you. And it's important for you to do it because if, me doing an exam once a year, I'm not obviously feeling your boobs every day. <laughs> so you need to feel them. So maybe I should have my husband do that. I'm that just saying. Working. Too
0: much information? I'm just saying. I'm just. Because he probably knows
1: he's better than I do. Yeah, that is true. Maybe that's never works. <laughs> Husbands do breast exams. Yes. They do. And they
0: don't even have them. Well, maybe they do. Anyway. <laughs> Some do. Because <laughs> my friend hers... She, the way she found it the second time, she was sitting on a soccer game and she was feeling her neck Mm -hmm. and she found a lump like up here. And it was just, it was amazing that not amazing, good, amazing, bad, that because she had been doing this um, for so long, she was able to find that
1: to find Mm -hmm. out that
0: she needed to go back again. Yeah,
1: And see, it's good that she was feeling though. And it's good. You have to advocate for yourself too. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's one of the things that she um, is is having to do. All right. So when you make sure you're getting this self, Breast, how often should we do self breast exams
1: there's no good evidence for a specific time you know sometimes I feel like we used to say every month but really it's just anytime you're in the shower just feeling what feels normal to you so just when you're washing you can take a feel you don't need to take extra time out of your day really to be doing this it's just okay. kind of being conscious of it yeah mm-hmm. and what if you're like
0: I don't know I, I still have no I'm gonna have to just go in I know I should go in
1: you can I'm do gonna... it. You can. <laughs> Believe in you. <laughs> and i don't know
0: what it is i just think you know what the problem is i'm fine i'm like i'm fine i'm yeah. healthy enough like i have rheumatoid arthritis yes i know this mm-hmm. i know but i'm like i don't have cancer so i don't need to go but that's a very stupid form of thinking
1: it is it it's is and like i said the five-year survival for breast cancer is so high but that's because we have early screening so it is important that you go once you have symptoms it's, t- it's not that it's always too late, but it's going to be much, much harder to treat than if we can catch it before you even know that it's a problem. Yeah. And are there different mm-hmm. types of screening? So there's self-breast exam you do at
0: home where you're mm-hmm. trying to fill for lumps, bumps, or oddities, and then you go in and they
1: do a mammogram? Yeah. How does that work? So a mammogram is essentially an x-ray of your breast tissue, so they're kind of just sandwich the breast tissue and take an image of it. Um, that's kind of the mainstay of screening that starts when you're 40. But there are other imaging modalities depending on your risk factors. There's more specific mammograms and imaging they can do. And sometimes when you're younger, if you do notice a lump or a bump, we'll do an ultrasound um, just because we're younger and we, you know, we don't need the mammogram yet. Why
0: don't they wait? And you you don't probably don't know the answer to this because you didn't mm-hmm. come up with these. But I wonder, and I'll have to find out, Why they tell us to wait till we're 40? Mm Because,
1: well, one of the biggest risk factors for breast cancer is age. So before Mm -hmm. 40, if you don't have risk factors or a strong family history, then there's not really, it's not necessary to have screening. Um, If you have a strong family history of breast Mm -hmm. cancer, or if you have the BRCA gene, for example, which you might be familiar with. no. So BRCA1 and BRCA2, they're two genetic mutations that carry a very strong risk of breast cancer. Uh Typically, women will get tested for this if they have family members that have had breast cancer. Uh Um, If you do have that gene or some others, they'll recommend screening earlier.
0: Uh Because I I have an aunt who... Had breast cancer and then I think it's come back now that she's gotten a little bit older mm-hmm. and she's fought it for a long time. Yeah, and then cancer runs in my family. Unfortunately, like my sister died of cancer.
1: My oh, dad sorry. has
0: um, stage four cancer now. He's yeah. doing fine, thank God. Um, and then my grandmother died of lung cancer, but it was from smoking. Yeah. So the idea of me not going to get a mammogram is stupid. I just I think it's a little bit of a fear too.
1: Understandable.
0: It's like if I don't know about it, then I'm fine. But if,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: it's there, then I know about it. And all these people have had this experience in my family. Then yeah. it's like, I have to deal with it. And I mm-hmm. think that's part of the problem. I think that might be a fear for a lot of other women, too.
1: It's even a fear for me. I feel like everybody oh. deals with that. The specific, I mean, I can give you the example. I've been avoiding going to the dentist. And I know that's awful. Don't judge me. I don't judge you. I haven't been in two years. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always scared of what they're going to do. So you're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. But really, we need to just go and, you know, take ownership of our health because it is important and i don't think it's as scary as we think it's just taking that first step and getting there
0: that's the thing it's taking Mm -hmm. ownership
1: of your health i like Mm -hmm. the way you said that yeah Yeah. taking ownership of your health Mm
0: -hmm. i'm not gonna let my health scare me i'm gonna take ownership of it Mm -hmm. i like this i like this now you talked about the different types of screenings and um so the worst thing that possibly could happen would be that you could have breast cancer and then you have a series of things that can happen can you touch on that or allude to what could possibly happen if you do get breast cancer. This is a possibility. This is an if, and this is Dr. Cooper's opinion of what could happen, okay? Because your case and experience will vary.
1: Yeah, so I can't give you the best specifics because every case is different, and yep. typically from my standpoint at least, if we were to send someone and they were diagnosed with breast cancer, then they go to a breast specialist okay. or to like a hematologist, oncologist. What's a hematologist? Doctor. Well, a hematologist is a blood doctor, okay, but an oncologist you. would be like a cancer doctor. That one I am very familiar with, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so from the most mild, I guess, if they found a lump and it was benign and they could just remove that lump and then that would be it. All the way to the extreme of needing chemotherapy, radiation, or a mastectomy where they remove the breast tissue. Um, In some cases, they do lymph node biopsies where they look for the spread of cancer. Um, It all really depends on the type and how far it's spread and many, many things.
0: And your lymph nodes, those are in your neck.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and they your active. neck, and your armpit. And your yep, your lymph nodes are everywhere. So
0: these, this is breast tissue, not lymph node, right? It's probably both. Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This did not. Sorry, this is way too much for me. This did not happen until after the child. I don't yep. know what happened, but all of a sudden things just spread. Out. It spread out, and it, mm-hmm. after I lost the weight after the baby, it went away. But then when I started gaining weight back, then all of a sudden it went it out came here. Back. Yeah. I don't know. I probably should get checked out. You should go. I should you go. You should go. I should go. And the lymph nodes. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. Going back a little bit. Lymph nodes, that's what drains things from your body? Or it's like what, what drains.
1: A they're a part of your immune system. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like when you're sick and you feel your swollen lymph nodes in your neck sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. that's kind of a similar idea. Okay. So when you have cancer, it spreads through your lymph nodes. Okay. Because
0: my sister, mm-hmm. when she was diagnosed, it was too late by the time they found it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't breast cancer. It was something else, a rare form of cancer. I don't even know the name of it. Yeah. But that's where she um, they found it. They found it was her lymph there. nodes. Mm-hmm. But it was it was too late. Yeah, and they she did surgery, and she decided she didn't want to do really? chemo. But she got the surgery, and they thought maybe, but they it was too late. Mm-hmm. But there was I'm no sorry. way for her to. I know. Really yeah, it was. But I mean, she was twenty seven, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: she had a um, a good life. Yeah, but you know, you never forget.
1: Well, yeah, not long enough of a life. No, not mm-hmm.
0: long enough. Not long enough at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so. Again, getting back to you, if you're over 40, which I am, and I'm going to schedule the mammogram this year, y'all, I'm going to do it. Hold me to it. Before December, I'm going to somebody's office and getting my boobs felt up by a stranger with cold metal and no dinner beforehand.
1: You're going to feel so good after. Yes. You're going to be so glad you did it. I'm going to ask for the dinner, though. <laughs> At least a drink <laughs> just say we're gonna be that person what can i get something out of this besides I'm... i always say we need to put like posters or something on the ceiling for people to look at you No know? yes. like some places they play music I feel like we need to make it a little bit better just, what would make it better if going to dinner and a joy-in. drink no, <laughs> <laughs> we need something we have like the little to-go wines on the way out to
0: go wine <laughs> all right hca again this is my opinion <laughs> Can we get to go wines? You know, or an Uber also. That would also help. Yeah, so That would make me feel so much better. Well, maybe like a
1: wine before. Yes. And then the Uber home.
0: Yes, the Uber home. Yes, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be great.
1: Oh, keep that in mind. <laughs>
0: yeah. They're not going to do it, people, so it's not going to happen. But we're just going to ask. <laughs> so um, how long does it take for the whole process? You schedule it. You go
1: in. They put you between the plates. Yeah. It's and then, quick. Is it quick? Yeah. I okay. mean, it's just like going for any scheduled imaging you have. It's just an x-ray. So yeah. I bet the longest part is going to be waiting to get called to go back there. Okay. And then it's going to be quick. And you'll have your results. They get sent to your doctor's office. And then we usually call you or we discuss them at your next visit. Okay. Well, that's not too bad.
0: That's. And then after... So let's say I go in, which I'm going to go in before the end <laughs> of the year. And I've made this promise. I'm... Um, How often should I go back if my results are, you're fine, Angie, you got nothing. Mm -hmm. You still got, your rheumatoid arthritis, but you don't have cancer or anything. So how often do you go back?
1: So it would be every one to two years, depending on risk factors or family history. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that would be kind of dependent on you talking with your doctor. But, yep, every year or two. I also don't have a doctor down here. Well. (laughs) That's tough one. That's (laughs) That's all right. I won't tell anyone. Thank you.
0: (laughs) No one's going to know. <laughs> no one's going to know, right? Y'all aren't going to tell anybody. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, I got to get a doctor. Then I got to get OBGYN. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I'll go in for my mammogram. Yeah. I'm going to get this all done before Christmas.
1: You got it. Okay. I'll be following up. I know now she you wants know. I'll be calling. Like, Excuse me. Have you
0: gone to the doctor yet? <laughs> this is terrible. And this is why we're doing the show because there's so many women like me who are afraid to go in. We don't want to know. And even if mm-hmm. it, the results are are negative, you just... That extra knowledge of the weight of having to deal with that. And it's very stupid. It's a very stupid and careless way of, of living and you're not taking ownership of your yeah. health, like Dr. Cooper said. So I, I need to do that. and I'm going to. Um, is there any. So there's no scary part of it. The only uncomfortable part of the plates. Anything else mm-hmm. that we should kind of know when we're going in there? It's just, no. really just an image.
1: It's really just an image. It's like an x-ray. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it.
0: What about the pap smear thing? I haven't had that done either.
1: Oh my goodness, you're killing me. I know I (laughs) am. So, pop smear. I can go into more about the guidelines. I won't bore you with the specifics, but we do different types of pap smears depending okay. on your age, looking for the cell specifically versus HPV. And really, you only need screening every three, years, three now years if it's negative. Okay. We still want you to come in for your annual, but we don't have to subject you to the pap smear if it was negative prior.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I haven't been to OBGYN since um, our daughter was two, maybe one. She's nine now.
1: You I have no come. doctor.
0: I've not had a pop smear. I've never had a mammogram. And I don't have an OBG one. Well, that's I'm on, okay. I'm on Santa's naughty list, aren't
1: I? But yes, yeah, so you just need to I'm go. on Santa's naughty list. Just come. Okay. We're not scary. Okay, Valerie's raising her hand, too. <laughs> Let me know you're coming. Maybe I can bring you some wine. But you You don't no. tell anybody. Okay. Don't tell
0: anybody. <laughs> Dr. Cooper's not bringing me wine. It's juice. It is. <laughs> it's Welch's. <laughs> okay. No, you can do it. So every every three years... Every three years, you get the Pap smear. Every one to two years, you get a mammogram. Mm-hmm. Thing else I'm supposed to be doing for this reproductive health thing?
1: <laughs> no, because I'm doing it wrong, obviously. As long as you go for your annual every year, we will take care of all of your concerns. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> In your head, you're like, "This lady's really not doing very you know, well." <laughs> recommend that you have a primary doctor and an ob but we do have the capability of drawing all of your routine labs okay. as well you know ob we are almost like primary care for women yeah, because we're taking care of all organs you mm-hmm. know so if you just want to come to us that's fine we will take care of everything for you <laughs>
0: <laughs> make it easy just schedule everything for me just call me
1: angie this is what you're okay i'll,
0: I'll just come just yeah. make it no brainer i'm gonna have one but just this kind of thing i you can even schedule online these days Okay, Okay. see, so yeah, I should have known that, right? <laughs> one other question. This is not on the... Yes. Can you find it in your blood, or is it really just, like, the lumps and bumps thing? So it's really know. the
1: lumps and bumps. The imaging okay. is going to be the best. Um, really, the only blood work they do would be, like I said, for the BRCA1 or 2 or any type of genetic testing you're doing, but we don't do that routinely on everyone because, like I said, it really would be just if you have an extensive family history that we would be looking for something like that. Okay.
0: What are the heartwarming aspects of your job? Like again, you're one of your things I love is you get to have birthdays every day. But tell us some of the heartwarming aspects. Not when you have yeah. someone sitting next to you who's an L and doctor in the middle of the heartwarming. That
1: <laughs> I, I have to say it is the most heartwarming part is just being able to bring new life into the world. That's why I wanted to do this and yeah. it really is the best part. You know, the hours are long, that's not always happy, but and in that moment it really is. And it's crazy to see I always like to look at the dad's faces. They're so sweet, though. (laughs) But it is heartwarming. And just actually being a part of the delivery and seeing that moment. I don't even know how to describe it. I've tried to describe this before, but before the baby is here, you know that they're coming. But it's almost like a figment of your imagination. And, like, you can see the top of their head crowning and mom is pushing. But then there's the second where the baby goes from being a part of mom to just being another human here like a new soul in the earth and i think that's amazing and yeah. i mean even talking about it gives me chills honestly because the wonder of that never wears off it just it doesn't
0: and that's the good part like i have a sister as a doctor a sister's a nurse and my mom's a nurse and they see a lot things they can't tell me because there's all kinds of laws and frankly i don't want to know <laughs> i just really don't want to know but they talk about the heartwarming aspect like you are and they're like mm-hmm. you know when you get to see that life or when you get to help someone it makes you feel good. Yeah. I mean it's your technically it's your job but really it's not your job to care but you do. Yeah. And to be a caring doctor it's it really helps the patients. Mm-hmm. Like I remember back when now 9 years ago when I uh, gave birth to our daughter and I had a midwife I didn't do any OBGYN because I was concerned that they would put me in the surgery or do a C-section I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And we were nervous because it was our first one, and we were a one-and-done family because yeah. I was an old mommy. I was 37. At least that's what they told me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we like to use mean terms. <laughs> I was old You're mommy. not old, though. It was vintage. <laughs> there was, it was
0: vintage. <laughs> and my midwife, she, there was a moment when um, they're like, okay, we're going to have to take you out. You can't. This is not working. You're gonna to have to go. Her heart rate's dropping, your heart rate's dropping, yeah. you're gonna have to go. And my husband are like, We don't wanna do we don't I don't wanna see a section. She wants to have it and they're like, Well, we're it's, you're probably gonna to have to go. Mm-hmm. And I told them earlier, I said, If you're calm, I'll be calm. Yeah. And at one point, I don't there were like ten people rushing into the room because mm-hmm. things were starting to take a turn for the worse. And it ended up being okay. We were able to have the baby naturally, but they said, If you don't get this baby out in so long, that's it, you're the done. We're going. We're going. And we were able to get out, like, she was out on, like, the fourth push or something. Wow. I mean, we were, it was like, oh, it was, they were like, like, okay. It's on. It's on. She's coming out. It was game on. It Mm -hmm. was like, I've never played football, but they're like, push this baby out. Like, (laughs) you're a lady. (laughs) It was me and the midwife and somebody else, and we got that sucker out. My child, not the sucker. (laughs) But the heartwarming aspects. And I'll never Mm -hmm. forget my midwife, and I'll never forget the nurse that was in there. And they didn't. You're not getting paid to care, but when you yeah. do, you can feel that. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember her name. I couldn't see her face if you told me there, but I remember how much she cared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it that, makes all the difference. It does. So I wanted mm-hmm. to say thank you for all those mm-hmm. women that you help and all those birthdays you celebrate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because yeah. it I love means it. so much. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. I'm going to up again. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So... Is there anything else that you'd like to add about, I know I'm going to go, I'm, I promise by Christmas.
1: Yeah, no? yeah I'm just going to call you and make sure you go to the doctor. <laughs> and everyone watching, go get your mammograms, go to your annual visits. We're not scary, I promise. <laughs> she, I like her. If she wasn't so far away, I'd come and see her. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for coming in and um, tuning in on this episode with Dr. Cooper. Again, these are Dr. Cooper's um, opinions and her experiences, not of HCA, not of HCA. Brandon, not. it's just her opinion, and we appreciate her and sharing her knowledge with us. Make sure you like and share and subscribe on all of our social media channels. Thank you. Bye.